0: This is the SFF Audio Podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Jesse. And I'm Luke. Hello, hey guys. everybody. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. How's it going over there? All right. I'm doing all right. Fantastic. 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 Well, what are we doing here today, Jesse?
1: Well, this is Jesse's idea.
0: I have yeah. no idea what's going on.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, I was thinking that we should. Uh, we've got a couple weeks before our next scheduled podcast, so I, I figured, why don't we do some short stories? Because nobody's mm-hmm. up for for uh, a novel in a you know a short compressed time. We did two two podcasts of novels in a row, and now we're gonna do a couple short stories. Short stories are easily digestible, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, the two stories I picked were uh, ones that I had read recently and that I found out had a connection um, through their editor. And, the, uh, and then they also have a metafiction connection, which I think is very interesting uh, in both stories. And I think both stories are also excellent, although I think one of them is yeah. much lesser of a story in the, its scale and size and yeah. gravitas, etc., but so should we
0: go in, should we just quickly cover them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what what are the two stories? Let's so say their one titles of first. A
1: nineteen fifty nine story by Philip K. Dick called uh, Fair Game. It was first published in If uh, science fiction. That was when it
2: was first published. Actually says nineteen fifty three, so I think it's probably written in nineteen fifty three, published nineteen. It was
1: published in fifty three uh, sorry, published in fifty nine, uh released I guess uh, in fifty nine released in fifty nine, published fifty three or Sorry,
2: written fifty three. Written
1: fifty three, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is the idea. So it's an early Philip K. Dick story, and uh, although it was published in If, uh, the nineteen fifty three era means that it would have been connected to the other story, which uh, at the time in the early nineteen fifties, Anthony Boucher, or sorry, Boucher is how it's pronounced, was the editor of uh, Get Not Galaxy. Science fiction and fantasy magazine, magazine of science fiction and mm-hmm. fantasy.
0: Right. Fantasy yeah. and
1: science fiction. I got it backwards there. And he was uh, kind of Philip K. Dick's mentor. Right. And the other story we were going to talk about is The Garden of Forking Paths by Jorge Luis Borges, an Argentinian writer who didn't have uh, Boucher as his mentor, but Boucher was the first translator of. Uh, that story, the Garden of Working Pass, and he put it in Ellery Queen Mystery Magazine. Um, in well, that's interesting. That it would have been in
0: Ellery Queen's magazine.
1: That's right. It's yeah. a, it's it's sort of classified as a fantasy story, mm-hmm. but I would say it, it doesn't feel like a fantasy very much. It doesn't really feel like an espionage novel or a historical war novel. Or sp-
2: it it feels for me more like a like an alternative history kind of Absolutely. thing, but not. Really, in a way, but it's a bit strange. I don't know.
1: It, it hmm. is definitely strange. So, uh, let's let's talk about the metafiction aspects. And um, well, let's just, oh,
2: why don't we just talk a bit about which each sure. story is? Because I sure. think that uh, like short stories like this, we could probably talk most about these stories. And if people haven't haven't read them yet, it we could probably still talk about them a bit more. than yep. Um. Uh. Than a novel the because part. there's it's not there's not really so much to spoil in either of them. I mean, I guess well, there's a bit of a spoiler. There's a huge that,
1: spoiler in Fair Game.
2: And I think there is a spoiler as well in the other one uh, in the garden of forking paths, but the, what we want to talk about with the, with the metafiction, we can probably do it without spoiling it. So garden of forking paths is a Chinese um, professor of English. Who is of English, who is also a spy for Germany living in England in world war one. Yeah. Mm, exactly. And he, and he, it's actually, I think the start of it is really interesting Um which again comes down to the metafiction because one thing that you always hear about writing when you when you do these writing workshops or you listen to workshops on podcasts or read any writing it's like start the action um as no start the writing like start the scene as close to the action as possible like even like just before the action starts that's when you start the uh, that's when you start the uh, uh the, the writing that's when you introduce the character and have something interesting happen directly have something interesting happen right away and uh and so that's what we get in the form of someone saying, "Okay, this is a um, this is a, um, a transcript, uh, and the first two pages are missing." So it literally goes,
1: "Yeah, it's a statement." And, yeah, yeah, and
2: it's, yeah. The statement beforehand so is like sort a of like,
1: police statement, basically. Yeah, right?
2: and and it just goes, the first two pages are missing. So it suddenly goes, and then I put down the telephone and turned around and said, "Ah, they're on to me," you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So uh, um, it
1: does start you are right in the middle of the action after mm-hmm. this introductory uh, yeah. segment, which is. Is supposed to be from a history book of World War One. Ah yeah, okay.
2: So uh of course all of, it, course,
1: if, all of the, the footnotes and et cetera, those are all false. Yes, uh, of course, that's heads,
2: what I'm saying. Is, it's like it's like an alternative that's why I said it's like an alternative history kind of thing. Because like yeah. the the details are false, but like the overall, you know uh like the overall vibe, the overall, you know, level is, is it feels quite historical. I think Absolutely. It's quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so anyway, he, the guy who he, he's a spy, the guy who he has to report to has been captured and he knows that if his the guy he's reporting to has been captured, they're onto him. But yep. he needs to send, yeah. So, and he doesn't know what to do and you're not quite sure why he does what he does next, which is sort of like, I don't want to spoil why, why he goes there, but we find out that he, then he goes to he goes a, on the run, he get, goes on the run to a very specific place. And at the beginning, I wasn't quite sure why he was going there. That's what the spoiler is. But he finds someone who is, uh, yeah, you take over. A coincidence coincidence. Yes, it, it feels right. like a huge coincidence. Like, and yeah. it is. Uh, and he's on
0: the run because he's got really important information that he needs to get to Germany before he that's gets right. captured. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's got to leak, leak the location of a, a secret uh, artillery base.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it.
1: Which is but, going to but, affect the you know the coming yeah. battles etc.
2: Yeah, but the the reason so we know yeah so we sort of know why he's going there, but we don't know why he runs to where he he goes to. Mm-hmm. But and then when he gets there, he meets uh, is it uh, there's Doctor Sun his his name isn't Dr. it
1: Stephen Albert is his
2: oh name. yes yeah no that Sun is the is the narrator is the is the Chinese professor and Albert Doctor Albert. Is um, just he just meets him um, at this uh, at this house that he goes to that he runs to, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Albert has been um, pondering, um, looking through this text which was written by um, Sue's
1: protagonists' ancestor.
2: Yeah, our protagonist's ancestor, and that is what quite a lot of the book is talking about the, uh, you know, because the ancestor says, hey, I'm off to write a, a novel, or I'm off to write a book. And he also said, I'm off to write, uh, I'm off to build a uh, labyrinth as well. And the um, mildly spoilerific kind of thing is that it turns out that the, uh, um, that the labyrinth is, um, and this is what Albert has worked out, is that the labyrinth is actually contained within this great work of Fiction, which is all it, it, nobody
1: it, thinks is a good book. Yeah. because it doesn't. Yeah,
2: make nobody any can sense. understand it. No, can, nobody can understand it because he says, "Oh yeah, events just happen, and you're not quite sure why they happen." And then at the end of it, you know, uh, he, what's the quote? He says, "Someone, someone dies at the end of a chapter, and then the next chapter they're alive again, and they're doing something else." Right, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I think is. Uh, which I think is really uh, great, considering that's sort of how this story started. Like it Absolutely. didn't it didn't seem to make any, didn't make any sense
1: this is, because this is a very recursive story. Yeah, and it's yeah. And like do it's, you remember? It's, it's, do you remember why nobody knows uh, why the 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 book and the labyrinth aren't the same thing? Is because Sui Pen, that's the author and our protagonist's ancestor, was murdered.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And the the. Um, this is more than just a. This is a very, very contained story. We've got mm. basically three characters, and one, two of them, speak, and one of them is just you know chasing. Yeah, and yet there's a whole layered um, history that comes out through the text, and it's a mystery, and you you can see it set up just in the same way as any locked room mystery would be set up. Not that this is a locked room mystery. But he's at the beginning of the story, you know, we get an inventory of his pockets. He's got this, this, and this. And one of the things he's got is a gun with one bullet in it, right? If that gun had had two bullets in it, the story couldn't end the way it does. No. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a fantastically crafted story. Supremely. Yeah. Amazing. Fantastic. I love this story.
0: Yeah, me too.
2: The yep. the, uh, the the thing that I also find really interesting about it is the discussion of the uh, the book, which was the Garden of Forking Paths, which is this, this ancestor's book. I really like the idea of writing it like instead of actually put it this way. What the ancestor did in this massive volume, which was you know so massive that not many people have even read all the way through because it doesn't make sense and it's too much to uh, too much to think about. Um, Borges actually does all of that within a short story, which only takes, what, like, uh, you know, 30 minutes to listen to as like mm-hmm. on audio or something like that, just a few minutes to read. But he can actually set it up as though it's this, you know, uh, massive achievement um, of, you know, massive amounts of text, in a way. And I think it's, like, more powerful that he's talking about a text which, in a, in a very short, like, shortcut way, in that meta way. And I think it's... Uh, I don't know. It's, it's really difficult to like to 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 explain um, what it actually. Uh, what am I trying to say? Well, one uh, of
1: the one of the, the, one of the yeah. things that that I found interesting when I was reading about this story afterwards on Wikipedia, the whoever's written the entry on this story is obsessed with noting the connections between it and hypertext, um, mm. saying that this is a... I, I think that 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 that's a little. You know, that's not what I come away from it. I I see what he said. Well, he he said that the
0: the novel contained every possibility. Well, not not every single one, right? He said
1: it's trying to illustrate that, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you have two people that meet. You know, one of them could die, the other one could die. They could both live. They could both die. You know, it would contain all those possibilities. That's right. Right. And did did it say in there that the that the reader would decide which way to go?
2: Um, no that's not the point the uh-huh. point isn't that the reader is deciding it's not a choose
0: your own adventure book that's right. what it's that, that's, isn't that's kind of the point i wanted to make too i don't i didn't get it, yeah. the feeling that it was that yeah no, which is it, what it hypertext isn't. is in my opinion
2: yeah it's that's what i don't uh, uh, yeah i just looked on wikipedia here now as well it goes yeah it's sort of like has similarities to today's digital media and hypertext projects but it doesn't because that's not what it is it's, it's an expo- exploration of the whole of Possible time, and right. you don't choose what happens to you in the future, and that's what this this yes, it's short story is. Is like that it's
1: alternate it's, worlds, it's, parallel worlds, free will. It's it's yeah. got tons of sort of science fiction ask stuff packed yeah. into a very small idea story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it I only it's works. It's because...
2: only that There's only so much in it because instead of actually going through all of it, like, you know, they have this conversation and they say, yeah, this book doesn't contain the word time, but it is about time because it's a riddle on time and the only word, what is it, he says, the only word that you can't contain in a, a riddle about time is the word time. I mean, if the answer is time, you right. can't put that in there. And I thought it was amazing because he can then say that the previous book, the book that they're talking about within this short story 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 is about that and there's so much stuff going on in it and yet he doesn't actually have to do it he can just short that's what i was trying to say before he's like it's it's a shortcut to a a massive exploration but just by saying oh actually this is the answer and then you go oh so the actual original you know exploration the garden of forking paths which is the 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 book within the book is is that you know in the same way i know i always bring this back to it's like the uh the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by, he, he, you know, if it's a book within a book and the, and sort of like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is, I think, did I mention this on this podcast before when I was saying that um, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is um, a distillation of the book itself, of the actual book within the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is that it is just a collection of stories and a collection of yeah, incidents exactly. in the it's, same it's way. It's
1: kind of the same yeah. way. yeah, mm-hmm. um, Yeah, but, but- I, I would say it's more like use like the the ne- Necronomicon. You know, H.P. Lovecraft uses the ne- – and a bunch of other people use the Necronomicon yeah. uh-huh. as a tool to show, you know, this is a horrible book. If you read it, you'll go mad. And then, then you read the story about this guy who goes crazy. Right? <laughs> and that's it, – it's sort of layering in. It's more than, the I'm background. saying that
2: the layer is more than that. It's, it's because it's like um, – mm, yeah I, I understand what you 're saying there that, that he puts that in there, and then it's a, then it 's a story which, if you read it, it would be, it would make you madness but i 'm saying in this it 's sort of like the, the the key to the puzzle was like Al, Dr. Albert explains, hey, the key to this puzzle is that it 's a book about time, and if you read it, you gain this greater um, uh, you know, greater understanding of time and the possibilities of time and the splitting of time and everything that goes on there. But you don't need to do all of that. All you need to do is have it summed up, and that's what you actually get within this story, yeah. within the short story. Yeah, and that's there's what, a, that's this funny. line.
0: This line, I think, illustrates what you're saying. This is from the story. The explanation yeah. is obvious. The garden of forking paths is an incomplete but not false image of the universe as Sue Pen conceived it. Suey Pen, yeah. Suey Pen, sorry. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But. So that's that's what we're getting there, and I'm saying the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Like, cause the writing style actually of the book within the book, the actual you know the the ebook itself or whatever it is, the little computer device mm-hmm. that they actually have there, the writing style is so similar to the writing style of you know the actual book, the novel. Douglas Adams' writing, yeah, Douglas style, Adams' yeah. style. But it starts off and it, you know it actually says, oh, what is the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? And he goes, it's just a co- collection of you know of shorts. it's a collection of this, it's this and that, it's that. It's, it, it says it's specifically not encyclopaedia galactica or whatever it was i can't remember what the mm-hmm. the, the the book was you know the, the other you know uh massive tome because that you know only ever sold three copies because you had to have a library the size of three planets to hold it or something like that mm-hmm. but it isn't that it's a shortcut so yeah. so like i'm saying it's a shortcut to explain the galaxy as as you would get from the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy but being told within this much smaller novel you know so uh
1: I, yeah. I I absolutely think that this is why this story is so rich. Is is it if it was just an espionage story? If you take away yeah. what he's done to make this story great, it's it would be a story of no note at all. but yes. It's 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 so layered and amazingly constructed. You it is a gorgeous story to read. Even yeah. though, you know every trans I've read multiple translations. All of the translations show this this beauty. Each sentence is. Is beautiful. It's well constructed, beautiful story, and it's very different from our other story. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I think is sort of a one note sort of oh, I thought
2: joke. I thought I still I thought I still had more to say.
1: Oh no, keep mm-hmm. talking. Oh no, no no
2: no, but let's yeah actually let's just, let me just do it. But I think it's more the, the reason I've got more to say is exactly that. It's because so many I mean people ask me I get this um, uh, question quite often like through the emails people saying hey why don't you review short stories that you read and mainly it's because I don't actually read that many short stories and then I recently got a note on let me look on Goodreads because um, I mentioned that oh it was Eiffelheim wasn't it that I read mm-hmm. and if, have you guys read Eiffelheim? I have. Have, yeah uh, okay but there's two stories there's like the historical part which feels like a novel and then there's mm. this other part set in the, the current day which i didn't know until the very end of the reading when i read the afterwards and it says ah oh, this was first written as a short story which appeared in this magazine or whatever it was mm. and then i was like oh that makes sense now because it had the tone of a short story but also it had like that one idea which w- was sort of clever and, you know, I would give it away. Actually, I can give it away. What happens is that they say, hey, if aliens really did visit in the past, they or if the aliens really did exist, they would send us like, a, uh, Carl Sagan said that they would send us a diagram of a bit of technology, you know, that would give us an invention. And then, just so happens, she looks down and the illuminated manuscript, the, the illumination on the manuscript of the, the letter at the beginning, or whatever it was, was actually a circuit diagram of something that she was just building in the lab. And so it confirmed that it was that aliens did arrive. And it was just,
1: it's it such a coincidence a, that, it's, oh, that, it's that isn't film. explained by the story, <laughs> mm. which isn't explained. Well, it is explained yeah. by the story. Yeah. But, but not in a the, satisfactory way, not
2: in you. a satisfactory way. And it's just a trick and short stories can do that. It's sort of like, ha ha. And this was the point of the story. And You go, Oh, that was the point of the story. And, and it's everything builds up to that. Now that's, I, in a short story, I don't, that's what I don't like about short stories. I actually like some more substance. And there. but there's some short stories which really do transcend that. And this Garden of Forking Paths is one of them. Uh, the other short story which really stands out, which is definitely this level, is, is the the Alchemist and the uh, no, what was it? The uh was it? Alchemist Gate one.
1: The merchant and the alchemist. Gate.
2: yeah. The merchant and the alchemist gate. Like uh, yeah. so that's another one where you read that and even though it's a short story you get to the end of it and you're just like oh, what <laughs> you <know? laughs> exactly. and your brain is like your brain is burning up because it's talking i mean it's talking about time and in it and fate and all these other things in a completely different way than this book but they're they're very much not short stories of single ideas which so much are and what i really disliked about eiffelheim was that they mixed um uh, uh, uh the 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 narrative in the past, which was all about ideas and loads of different ideas, and the aliens are talking you know it 's you know all this really good stuff going on there in the past and then it's uh, and that's sort of like novel worthy kind of stuff um but then the, but then it was sprinkled throughout with this bit of a short story, this little novella or novelette or whatever it is, and mm-hmm. sprinkled through and it really killed it really killed the uh Um, the vibe of both sides. And that's exactly the same thing between this book. Yeah, these two short stories as well. The Garden of Forking Paths is one thing. And then Fair Game is another. And The Garden of Forking Paths is every single thing I like about short fiction, which is uh, a very succinct summary of it, like, say an infinite labyrinth of possibilities Reference with a short story to make you think about it. And you don't think about it of what's within the short story. You think about what the short story is referencing. Like, I was always thinking about, not so much about the short story, but about what that massive novel oh, wow. was that the the person wrote in the past. And... And yeah, it references greater things and makes you think about it. And then Fair Game was—I read it and I was just
1: like, "Oh,
0: okay." I think I pretty yeah, much. Fair, got that. fair Game reminded me of a Twilight Zone episode. I mean, that's yeah, the way, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah.
1: It is. It is a um, it's a much smaller scale story. However, um, I I I think. Uh, let's let's start talking about fair game and we can come back to the garden. Of hey, I've Bounds, got it. one one yeah, thing,
0: one quick thing to say about the short sure. stories. Um, one person you may want to look into, Luke, is Gene Wolfe's short stories. I know you yeah. weren't too fond of the book of the new Sun, but if, if you were going to read some no, short wasn't that stories. I was quite
2: fond of it, but uh-huh. the point is that what I really liked about the book of the short Sun. was uh, was like the writing. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. the writing. There was lots of stuff going on that I did enjoy. But again, it was sort of like the meandering novel kind of thing. So I think that's exactly who I need to read short, sh- short fiction yeah, by. Yeah, and it could be, yeah, because he, he's, be he's excellent.
0: And the interesting thing yeah. is I was told that he was influenced by Borges. And that's why I picked up this book I have in my hand called Labyrinths, Selected Stories and Other Writings by Jorge Luis Borges. And that's yeah. where I read Garden of the Forking Paths in. And yeah. uh, as I read that story, I was thinking, wow, this is really Gene Wolf-ish. <laughs> you know." But really, <laughs> Wolf is Borges-ish. And um, <clears throat> one of the stories that leapt to mind is a really short one called uh, A Solar Labyrinth by Gene Wolfe. And now I know exactly what he was doing there. Because I had read a little yeah. thing. Um, a Solar Labyrinth is a really short story about a maze... Um, that as the sun shines on it from different angles, gives you a different maze. And it's, mm-hmm. un, it's insoluble at noon because at noon there are no shadows. And um, I've read an analysis of the story where someone was making the claim that, well, he's really talking about fiction. This story is a metaphor for fiction. Right. And now I, I, I've got to go read that story again, and I, I believe it now because I can see that he was pointing back to this very story, Garden of the Forking Paths. So uh, I'm interested to read it again, but Gene Wolfe's fiction or short fiction is all really dense, like uh, this Borges story. Yeah, yeah.
1: Dance, it, actually, dense as in wonderfully deep.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. there's lots of stuff
2: yeah. going on there, and actually, it's it's the kind of thing that I really like about fiction, where it's like you say, there's the different levels to it that you can read it here and then there's another level and there's another level and, you know, that's the kind of thing in my own writing. I just wish I could (laughs) even slightly uh, uh, capture, you know, that same kind of thing which I guess I maybe do in one some writing that I do, but not, I mean I'm just not that clever, you know.
1: Mm -hmm. Borges is incredibly awesome if if this story is any guide. Mm. Um, And it's it's going to be. Uh, I, I was. I got this as an audiobook. We, we received it from. I think it was Penguin. Penguin, right? Uh, Collected Fictions. It was called, and it was. It was an abridged selection from, from the greater book, and I re- listened to the. I the file I sent you guys as well has a tiny short story which is about Borges,
2: which confused me because I didn't Very realize it was actually. Out. Yeah, I, I thought that was an introduction to this story, and I was like.
1: Well, what?
2: And it's hardly even a story. It's sort of like a little. It's almost like a poem. It's in a, a way. Bioc- Yeah,
1: he is. He was a poet as well, and yeah. so it's a biography kind of uh, mm. saying, "Look, I'm I'm Borges. You're buying this book because you've heard of me, uh, but I'm not him." And then, you know, talking about public personality, and it, it, it's it's it, it's similar in to our other story, "The Garden of Porking Paths," but uh. I stopped after the second story, and I said, "Oh no, we gotta talk about this. We gotta read this story again. We have to analyze it." So I, I can't write about the you know collection of short stories on audio without stopping. But in this yeah. case, I really had to you know pull the disc out of the player and uh, call my friends and say, "Hey, you gotta listen to this story uh, because I think it it's just amazingly fantastic." Um, yeah. Now, at the same time, uh, I. I was thinking about this other story I was reading called Fair Game. Which okay,
0: I'm really time- interested to see how you see these right. as connected. Okay. So, Other than the editor, <laughs> uh, uh,
1: <laughs> oh no, right. they are connected. I mean, I see. Okay. No,
0: don't there.
2: don't spoil it. It, it. I'm just I'm just saying that it might have been the connection just because I just read The Garden of Forking Paths, <laughs> then <laughs> read that, and there was a reason why you wanted me to read um, them together that I, I might might read in connections which weren't there. Okay, go for it, I'll, Jesse. I'll,
1: I'll tell you the first uh, when I sent. Wait a second. Should we explain
2: the story first? Oh no, yeah, we probably ought we'll to. Do that. For
1: a second, hang on. Okay. When okay. I sent you guys the story, I had not finished reading it. I had okay. only read about half of it, and I said. I know what's going on in this story. I love what I what's going on in this story. I think it's wonderful, and I wanted to ask you: Did you think you knew what was going on in this story about halfway through?
0: Yes, I, I felt I fun. felt that I knew what was going on with um, the gold bar. Is that called ah, that? Is that the halfway point? <laughs>
1: uh no that's about almost a halfway point yeah sure okay, okay.
0: that's where oh, I... the
2: gold let's... the gold bar was the thing that sort of th- okay
1: let's explain it a bit
2: shall
1: yeah. we so scott why don't you do it
2: we can talk about what we thought the story was about that's, and then that, okay. that's how i we want to talk
1: about to scott about how he read it too because i okay. think that's really
0: important um, About
1: how you actually enga- like how you engaged with the story. Were you sitting okay. up in well, bed? I, I was that's yeah, better. I
0: was sitting up in bed on my laptop because um, you sent me a link. You know, I didn't print it out or anything. I just read it um, in my browser, sitting in bed on the laptop. Interesting. I, and, I have no uh, idea how that matters, but <laughs> that's what I was. I, doing. Well,
1: we'll get into that. Luke, okay. Uh, how did you read it? Did you? Oh, on, on
2: my uh, on my iPhone.
1: On your iPhone, were you uh, on the on the couch? How were you reading it?
2: Just, yeah, I was just on the couch, yeah.
1: Okay, all right. Um, so I read it in class with my students uh, on paper.
0: Right. Okay.
1: And we were, we were reading it, but we were also talking about the words as we were going through. And, you know, we were doing basically what we always do, which is uh, learning what we're learning about as we're learning it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that really helped my understanding of my sudden realization of what was going on in this story alright okay. uh, yeah so Scott why don't you do so a- yeah
0: so uh, it's about I, f- I forget the fellow's name um, he's a, a really important Douglas. nuclear physicist it's, it's the first line of the story oh if there got it the story is okay sure. I just Anthony popped it up Douglas. Anthony Douglas yeah So Professor Anthony Douglas, uh, Professor Anthony Douglas and he's this uh, physicist and um, he's talking to his wife and um, they <clears throat> excuse me they're talking about all these new people coming in to where he's working. And he says, well, I'm so important that, you know, my job's not in jeopardy. You know, they want me to handle these people. And he's feeling pretty important. And then he suddenly sees an eyeball outside the window. I mean, a let giant me eyeball. What's that?
1: And then em- Let me give you the quotation. Cause okay. I think it's, an immense eye gazed into the room intently studying him.
0: Right. That's...
1: That's the sentence.
0: There it was, yeah, and it was uh, really kind of a cool image. I mean, I was really into the story at that point, um, so I saw it. But but this whole story in my mind, you know, I mentioned that it was like a Twilight Zone episode. I was seeing black and white in my head, you know. This is all <laughs> yeah, it all yeah this culture it, inside. It is
2: it is so nineteen fifties. Yeah, this story, so sort of like, yeah. hey, I'm the I'm the hero of the story. I'm a scientist. I'm a physicist. And <laughs> what's going to happen? It, well, absolutely.
0: So yeah, I love yeah, so then he starts to um try and decide, you know, hey, what is this thing that's looking at me and he gets uh really prideful and starts to say, well, I you know, I am important. So uh that's why whoever this is is observing me and uh, you know, but he he really didn't know what was going on. And uh let's see the gold bar.
1: Oh, he goes he goes over go to a neighbor's house. Uh-huh. Um, to consult them on whether he thinks, uh, w- whether they think there's some sort of biological explanation. Maybe there's a giant animal that could have looked into the room. Yeah, yeah there were or a lot of ideas discussed. thrown out
0: there, you know, could it be this, could it be that.
1: And, right. yeah, they they think he's mostly crazy. Um, but, yeah, and then on his way home, mm-hmm. he sees on the side of the road uh, a gold ingot.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, and he and at this, this point, about it. yeah, and he starts thinking about it, and... The, that's when I thought that that was bait. That's the word that I thought.
1: Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. That's, so, that, I didn't get that at all my first reading too. Okay. Uh. Until the end.
0: yeah
2: yeah yeah Yeah, it explains it all at the end but no i mean the the whole and oh yeah and then later on he sees a not an eye looking at him but a whole head and then Mm, later on a whole body yeah like a face and then later on a whole body and stuff like that Looking him, he
1: doesn't actually see a whole body until uh until he's he's at the very very end of the story
2: yeah that's what i'm saying but it it, it goes throughout and you know he he gets
0: more more awareness of what's going on
2: don't want to spoil the end how how about uh, how about
0: this line I, i just love this line the damn thing was looking at me. It was me, it was studying. Douglas's voice rose hysterically. How do you think I feel? Scrutinized by an eye as big as a piano. My God, if I weren't so well integrated, I'd be out of my mind.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then they, they, uh, the rest that. of the
0: people yeah. look, at, look goes, at each other saying, yeah, he's Henderson not that well integrated. Wife. Yeah, it's
2: Henderson and his wife
0: exchange
1: glances. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, that was great. That was great. So
1: um, I think it's kind of interesting also that the location is Colorado, it's set in Colorado, mm-hmm. and then the, once once people start believing him, or at least become interested in it as an intellectual exercise, they start speculating as to what could cause these uh, gigantic cosmic face, uh, this gigantic cosmic face, to uh, appear in the sky above him. Yeah,
2: but only he can see it, though, can't he? I mean, other people don't yes, see it. Yes, but mm-hmm. they
1: they come to believe either. It, it, yeah, which I thought was a bit weird. Well, I'm not so sure because I think I think that it, it's not really a story. This is not no. really a story. This is metafiction in a very similar way as the other story. So there are going to be sp- some spoilers because I want to tell Scott what I think was happening okay. and what I realized. So Scott's yeah. said, thinking there's giant eye and then there's bait. Well, it 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 started striking me as I was reading the text and talking about what words mean with my students. I think. okay, so the they. The eye is gazing at him, studying him. And then we look up and we talk about what immense means. An immense eye. Right? Immense means large, big, enormous, huge. right? And we keep going. <laughs> and we keep going and we keep going. And I keep popping these words out. And I, I ask questions. We scrutinize. How do you think this eye was scrutinizing? What, what does scrutinize mean? We go through. And as we're staring down at the paper... I said, You're
2: scrutinizing it.
1: I'm scrutinizing the paper, and we're all taking turns reading it. I, I thought, oh my god, I know what's going on in this story. And I also know why it's, it's not said, it doesn't say it. It says they. They are studying me. And I said, uh-huh, it doesn't have a gender, right? The thing that's studying, it's a face, but is it a male face or a female face? Is it a human face? Well, it doesn't say. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it, it's just a gender, a genderless they things. in the sky yeah. yeah they or it in mm. the sky mostly they and as a person who's reading this looking down at a piece of paper taking going away coming back right to the paper as we discuss it i mm. thought i know exactly what's going on and philip k dick is writing a metafiction story we are the face in the sky right staring down at this paper going away coming back <laughs> And then I thought, well, that doesn't make any sense because what's that gold bar doing there? I didn't put a gold bar in there.
0: No, it's <laughs> oh, interesting.
2: Way- <laughs> yeah. The way that I mean, uh, maybe I was just looking at this at a completely different level. The way that I read it was this: okay, he is a physicist. Now, what do physicists do? They talk about like you know quantum stuff and all that kind of stuff. And he's talking about yeah, these new people are coming in with these new ideas and stuff. And I was thinking, okay, this is a this is sort of like old guard only Einstein kind of thinking. And then you got all the quantum physicists, you know, with this different interpretations and many world interpretations and observer and all these different things. And I was thinking, okay, so it's all about um, um, you know the, the the new ideas in nuclear physics with like you know the observer um, a- affecting the uh, the outcome. <laughs> Of something yeah. of the experiment, it's only when it is observed that it actually the wave function, the probability wave function, or whatever it's called—I'm just pulling jargon out of my arse—I don't mm-hmm. really understand all of it. <laughs> um, but it collapses into one of two states. You know, that's the whole double split slit experiment. It's the uh, you know the Schrödinger's cat kind of thing going on there. It's only when we observe it does it go. So I, th- I was thinking that this is a story. Which is um about the observer effect on a character on a fiction character, so it's sort of like yeah, very he's just interesting there. Yeah. yeah yeah, and he's just is. there as a character in a story, but then like like you said, Jesse, it's sort of like oh, he gets awareness of that you know someone is is, is looking at him, and he suddenly Absolutely. realizes I never
1: thought of that, like, but you're so suddenly fine. he
2: realizes that he's being observed, and the observation itself um Affects the experiment. It affects the course because up until then he's just like having a conversation. Oh yeah, these new students are around. I'm a good guy. I know what's going on. Everything's here. Everything's set. And then he gets observed, and suddenly the experiment itself is. Um, yeah, the story trained. goes
1: off the rails. So the I want to give so, you a so, a, a so quote for me, from the story. Oh, okay. Um, this is a this is a scene that was uh, just about mo- a little more than halfway through and. It, it's it's when the people are starting to speculate as to what it was, and and this was my confirmation that I completely understood the story uh, up until I was you know had the wool taken out of my eyes or whatever it is at the end, which was I thought funny, but not as good a payoff as the payoff I was getting halfway through the story. So
2: yeah, in your head, the, this was a way better book. Th- that, than that story. <laughs> it,
1: no, it was it's still a great story, but uh, he he did a, he switched out the best bit with the end. You know, anyways, here here we go. Uh, what is Doug? This is the people talking about you know, uh, hi- him being special. So what is yeah. Doug? About the best nuclear physicist in the world, working on top-secret projects in nuclear fission, advanced research. The government is underwriting everything Bryant College is doing, because Doug is here. So, they want him because of his ability. They want him because of his ability, because he knows things. Because of their size relationship to this universe, they can subject our lives to as careful scrutiny as we maintain in the biology labs of, well, a culture of Sarcania polonium. But that doesn't mean they're culturally advanced over us. Of course, Pete Berg exclaimed, they want Doug for his knowledge. They want to pirate him off and make use of his mind for their own cultures. Parasites, Jean gasped. They must have always depended on us, don't you see? Men in the past who have disappeared spirited off these creatures, she shivered. They probably regard us as some sort of testing ground where techniques and knowledge are painfully developed for their benefit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the
1: store. This is they're talking about science fiction. Yeah, they're talking exactly. about science fiction, not just fiction, but science fiction. Saying, "Here's where we do our experimentation." We come away from 1984 saying, "Big Brother is a bad idea." Yeah, and I thought, "Oh my God, this is this is a, a story that defines science fiction in a way." Did,
2: you, did you tell hmm. this to your class?
1: Well, as we figured it out, I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. So, uh, so for me, the that's that makes sense. For me, the gold bar was uh, uh, for me, like I say, it, it was it was a bit strange because like, I'm saying, okay, so what if you were wanting to help out this guy? What what does he need, or you know, all that kind of stuff? And it was for me, it was sort of like, okay, if the reader um, was really affecting this, what would they want, or what could they do? And it, and it really did feel like like to me, just sort of like, oh yeah, they're just uh, uh, a gold bar. Let's try that out, and it really did feel like someone was just experimenting, <laughs> yeah. like the like it was like what? Well, what does he need? It was
1: it sort of fit. It sort of fit, and then yeah. and then we get two. But more then here players. at this at this
2: point, it's sort of like oh, what happened now? Oh well, they, they you know like you say it would be like oh they'll think it was some kind of science fiction you know nineteen fifties science fiction plot idea, and that's what you get here. So yeah, like I say, all the way through to the end, I'm I was right with you. Like just at this uh, <laughs> you know reader uh, or. Like the observer affecting the story in in some ways um, that they don't intend, in other ways, sort of trying to try experiment it with it. So it's sort of like an, a, a continuously experimental um, bit of and fiction. He,
1: he gets he gets um, three visits from the from the uh, aliens in the sky or whatever they are, and mm. then then he gets three lures, right? Three decoys or three. Uh, yeah, Fates, but there was, there was was saying. there
2: was gold, and then there was sex. a girl.
1: Yeah, yeah, a well, girl say- who was. Who was trying to draw him out of the building? Right? Yeah. So, so
2: the the three the things. three lures were was money, was sex, and
1: food. food. <laughs> yeah. At so, the roadside cafe that he could smell everything from. Right? Yeah. He, he was there,
2: and when I was when I got that second one, I was like, ah, oh, what's that? Yeah. And then once it got to the food, when I was like, ah, oh, I get it now. We're talking about you know needs and wants and desires here. You know what would a character need at this point? What do they want at this point? You know what what you know is the is the human archetypal base level needs. It's to eat. It's to it's to procreate and stuff like that, and that's what the uh, the aliens or whatever they are in the sky looking down at him. But like I say, also like the author or the reader, like I say on the metafiction level, is is trying to yeah trying to get with him.
1: So Scott, you, you 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 got all of this, I'm assuming.
0: Well, I got I got the the I guess the top level of the story. But what you, guys are, what you guys are talking about is way more interesting. <laughs> oh, really? You know I mean? No, I didn't... mean, it, it adds a whole new depth because I can see what, what Luke is saying and you are saying. Well, but I, uh, but I, to, I like to have much, it be a, yeah. a piece of metafiction about how, you know, as, a, as an author, once you know that you're being observed, you're, you're writing things differently and you're making yeah, your character that's... do things in order to please the readers – and having the readers actually interact with that—I mean, that's a fascinating idea. I don't, you know, it's interesting to me that the the story ended the way it did. And so I wonder, yeah, what and that's it what it was I hated really about the story because yeah. I was
2: I was waiting for this great payoff where uh-huh. it was going to be what's the what's the uh, uh, was it Escher who 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 drew the picture of a hand drawing a picture of a hand drawing a picture of a hand? You know that uh-huh. looping. Right. Uh, yeah. I was expecting yeah. almost something like that, and then the way
1: it ended, I was just like what oh, so <laughs> but, what but think
2: not, think in way, not in the way not in the way the
1: garden of the forking pastor i was like oh it was mm-hmm. like what? what do you think of damon knight's story to serve man this is this is the the classic sort of frederick brown one note story right
2: mm-hmm. yeah it's
1: a, it's a it's, classic it, it's, but, it's it's worth actually once but not really of noting since then
2: there's there was this book that was like an alternative history written about um about uh, the space race and Americans' space race, and it was, and, it, and it's just called Space. I can't remember the author is. Maybe I'll look it up on Goodreads. It um, sure. no, no. It's, I think it's just called Space, um, the novel or something like that. Oh, I can't type. Uh, and and it's, uh, and it talks about. Um, huh. uh, I can't see it. I mean, it was all right, but it, it was talking about like the Apollo 18 landing. Or whatever it was, mm. Apollo. No, the, it was talking about the the last Apollo thing. That was sort of yep. like one of the big things at the end of the book, which didn't actually happen. But it was talking about how they they went to the far side of the moon, and there was a a black astronaut who was who was a uh, also a, a a geologist who went with them and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a fun fiction, like a retelling of it. And at one point, someone's in hospital, and, and someone says, "Hey, what you're like is this book." And they actually say, oh, oh, you know, you'd like to read some science fiction. So then it was really weird that he gave him a science fiction book and said, check it out. This story is by Damon Knight. It's called To Read. No, To To, to Serve Man. And then they pretty much do a, a like a, a two paragraph summary of the book. And then the characters laugh about it. And they say, oh, that's really clever. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. But it was really funny that that was one of my first. Uh, I think I'd actually read the book like ages you know read the short story years ago because it's you know it's such a classic but then reading this uh, again there's this weird you know alternative uh, history of sp- the space race um and then them explaining the book was actually much better than the uh, them explaining the short story was actually much better than the the damon knight story itself because it was commenting on it it wasn't just like her huh? and then you get to the end and go oh that's clever um <laughs> it was actually like characters discussing in it in, a, in a, a different context which is uh, i think what sometimes what you need with this you know
0: yeah and yeah. that's
2: actually what I, what i liked about you know the garden of forking paths uh, cuz it's actually like i say it's talking about itself it's referencing itself and, in a, in a in a clever way and fair game like i say i thought it was doing that and then at the end it just goes what so I, well, again i'm not quite
1: I, I i'm think, not quite think sure it's got if i it reversed being... it's got it reversed right we we we've got the the great payoff it comes in the middle of the story and the 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 ironic twist comes at the end, uh, and and thus it's it's not going to be as well remembered. However, I think it's it's a very sort of Dickian, sort of clever story, and it sort of illustrates the difference between a guy like Borges and Dick in in, in the Dick. Um, he's going to undermine it at the end. He's just going to go. Uh, he undermines. He always undermines everything. right? yeah. yeah. Um, but I he's think cynical. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's definitely well. He's, maybe not. Cynical. I don't think cynical is the right is, word. I think yeah. Okay. Uh, because cynic, uh, cynicism is is very negative, and I think Dick is more light, much more lighthearted than almost any other author I know. Um, he likes he he's 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 very empathic. I think he's very worried about the little guy and everyone else. But um, I wanted to, as I was going through the story with my class, um, I was talking about. Uh, i I was like charting on the board I was saying okay so here 's the here 's the things that make us think this, and then here 's the things that make us think this, and how do they fit together the lures versus the versus the the eyes in the sky, etc and then, as we were going through, I was saying, now what so what is this stuff? Why are they talking about up in the mountains, all great cultures religions get their their uh, their beliefs in gods from People who come down from the mountains, right? And then the story's set in Colorado. Why, why, why is Douglas have to be in Colorado? And then I said, Well, uh, what's different about Colorado than here? Where we are by the ocean, right? So, and he said, uh, One of my students said, Well, they're they're higher up. And I said, Yeah, that's right. They're higher up in the atmosphere. And what is the atmosphere? The atmosphere is an ocean of air around the Earth, right? A notion of air around the earth that we can I don't know somebody's texting me what what's going on
2: no don't watch that it was okay. just for later
1: notion um, right, of air in which uh, if we were in Colorado we would call it the shallows right the shallows mm-hmm. of the earth and what's in the shallows <laughs> and it's like oh well yeah it's like hmm. we really enjoyed so, this story. so how did but...
0: the kids react when you hit the end
1: uh, they, they react like, like we did, which is um. that, oh, it's not as good as we thought it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: no, but it is, it is funny. At the beginning, it's sort of like, yeah, it's sort of specific, and at the end, it's a net. So I understand what you're saying there about the different levels of the air. I hadn't really thought of it in that way. I, I, I guess I, hadn't, yeah, I just didn't, didn't mm. concentrate on that aspect, I guess.
1: Well, we were going through, I mean, uh, we start off, I think, the first description of Doug Douglas is that he's got an ample belly right yeah and so we talked about ample uh, at the beginning what's ample mean it means enough and I, and then i used my example uh, i have enough food i have ample food and
0: <laughs>
1: and then that sort of paid off in the end too as well um cool so uh, i i think that uh they're both about fiction and about science fiction in a way even though I don't think Borges would ever have classified himself as a science fiction no no no
2: listen to this he actually says in the Garden of Forking Paths the uh, Albert actually says about um, Pei Sun, no Sun Pei or whatever his name is Sue Pei um, yeah, he said he would never consider himself a novelist because a novelist is way below his station. You know, he would never <laughs> think of that he's commenting about himself. He would say, oh, I'm not, a. you know, I'm not writing science fiction. I'm not writing fantasy. I'm not you know, in this. Like, uh, that's way below me. I think that's actually he's actually commenting about his uh his own writing you know he's you know people would say oh this is just a silly science fiction story but it's like oh no this this is way more important than science fiction i'd never call this science fiction i think that's intentional there (laughs) there's Hmm. definitely a reason why that was put in the book and what the
1: the english call it taking the piss is that what uh dick is doing with the with uh fair game he's taking the piss he's he, he gives us the the um
2: no, I'm saying that... It, no, there's a Garden of Forking Paths. Uh-huh.
1: Aha, okay, okay. You, no,
2: I'm saying in, in, uh, in there, he's actually... He, oh, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. He, yeah, Philip K. Dick is doing it as well. He's doing the opposite, though. He's going, oh, you think this is going to be high-minded, but it's just going to be science fiction. And, uh, and in the Garden of Forking Paths, uh, Borges is going, ah. Oh, um this is actually science fiction but it's not it's actually really high minded i think they're they're coming at it from two different angles you know talking about a similar thing but philip k dick is like going, oh this is just pulp you don't you know don't no brains needed over here and uh you know the garden of forking paths is is you know the opposite he's going no this is all brains and this is all no this is not science fiction i'd never call it science fiction i'd never lower myself to call myself a you know
1: a science
0: fiction right <sighs> yeah dick yeah. dick's story um the title fair game sure has a double meaning doesn't it
1: Oh well, I'd love to hear your hear it because I I never talked about that with my well, students.
0: Well, I'm just saying that if he meant what you guys have uh, presented here, which I mm-hmm. think that he certainly did, then um the ending is the is a game. And then the hmm. Um, it's an unfair game. Yeah, it's probably an unfair game, which is <laughs>
2: and the other and the other yeah. meaning of fair game gives away the ending, which I think we've probably done. I think if people don't know, how <laughs> I think it there's ends, probably
0: people out there like, what's the end?
2: What yeah.
1: is it? What is it? I, I know that my mother says I don't know what you guys are talking about. It's because you're not reading the stories, right? You're not reading the books.
0: No, uh, most this of, is of it not
1: for, this is this is not a podcast for people who aren't going to read the books. I think it's yeah, you read it and it's then a, come and listen to it.
2: Yeah, but also this takes like twenty minutes to read. Like both of yeah, these, you can you absolutely. can get through both of these links stories to, in an hour. Uh,
1: yeah. to the, uh, the ebook version of yeah. both. there's yeah. there no audiobook mm. version online, but there is an. E-book. But like I say I
2: think uh, if we like for me, it was weird that you just gave me these two books to read. And I was like, right, there must be a connection here, and I think that's why I read way more into into like this fair game short story than I would normally read into a short story. Because to be honest, I think a lot of short stories don't have this many layers of meaning uh, no, and these most, many layers.
1: It's very horrible. And that's true of most novels as well. But I think that uh, you are short shrifting the greatness that is some awesome science fiction short stories out there. Yeah, but don't, I don't have,
2: have don't, time don't. to go through it all. I don't have what time to go. What you through need all is stuff.
1: someone to point, point you out You know, say, check this one out. Right. And well, that's what I do. A trusted, sometimes. a trusted, uh, advisor. Now I, 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 I don't think Fair Game will ever be well known, but a classic. No. no, but I think it it does what it <laughs> what he intended, and it is you know. It, it, the other thing that's interesting is I, I think Philip K. Dick bases all of his stories on his own life, because uh, I'm reading another story by him um, that was written in the same period, and it has the exact same um, <laughs> sequence of events, a, a different. Different. Yeah, he goes
2: over and meets his friends and talks exactly. to his friends, and then drives home.
1: And then he, there's, there's even the cafe and the, the gas station and the exact same scene there, except the cafe is real. <laughs> That's yeah. the one difference in the sec- in the second case. But, you know, he's driving through the Colorado mountains, trying to get away from Colorado. Maybe go to California or something, and and then something strange. Yeah, happens.
2: that's great. I think I think it's great. I mean, someone said to me they they sent me an email saying it was really weird, no, like reading your first novel because the the main character or um, uh, the different characters throughout the book are different aspects of your own life and your own personality. Because you know, one person was in, involved with you know uh, with music, and another character was you know doing writing, and another person was doing this, another person was doing that. It says, and then I was like, oh, I was just waiting for someone to come along who could. Join And then it did happen. But that was me. That was me very self-consciously doing that. And I actually said, yeah. And people said, oh, this this scene that takes place in this bookshop. And they say, is there actually a bookshop like that in Berlin? And I'm like, yeah, I go there every week. And it was and I very specifically put those things in there. And also, actually, there's some comments like, oh, maybe I am as clever as Philip K. Dick, because <laughs> well, I just re- I, I just remembered some things in that I actually wrote into the book, which are comments about the form of the fiction, and it does actually reference its own um, influences in a way, and and comments on them, and says, actually, you, you know, you, you might be thinking this book is like this other book, but actually, it's, it's different because of this, 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 and actually, a character does explain that to someone else within the within the novel itself. Oh, maybe I'm quite clever, and
1: now i forgot about that. <laughs> This is coming from the guy who says, I'm a genius like 12 times in one podcast. No, I don't. I, don't, I mean, I am a genius. No, but one it, one yeah. podcast in particular. Hmm.
2: Did I say um, that? I can't remember.
1: Um, there, there you no, know, I, I don't actually
2: listen to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it, it, was, it was really wonderful because at the end, after you did, you know, your you, you, you talk about how much of a genius you are. And then, and then at the end, after you did your, you know, you can find me on Facebook or yeah, what, yeah, yeah. whatever, then he says, Oh, and by the way, I'm a genius. (laughs) In case you didn't catch it the first one.
2: Anyone listening to this who knows, oh, I'll put this podcast in my feed and then ask people to tell me which podcast it was. I can't remember ever doing that. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Well. That undermines my genius that I can't remember.
0: (laughs) This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com.